just so these episodes last more than so it's got pizzazz minutes. so there's pizzazz personality really bring the pizzazz <laughs> yeah, i'm can, here to bring the pizzazz yeah i can tell with your energy level at about a three out of a hundred here, com- here comes here comes the pizzazz oh bring it boy and there it went <laughs> all right it was all visual it was a totally visual (laughs) sorry listeners uh welcome to the heebie jeebies podcast the heebus and a jeebus are we now you see you're gonna confuse the brand the heebie jeebies by saying the heebus jeebus because our our podcast is not the heebus jeebus although maybe it should be heebie jeebies solid podcast yes (laughs) (laughs) correct we don't want to get our brand confused right (laughs) off the get Okay, we got to establish fast and hard. Right. We're established as establishing because this is our first episode. No, we are. We are established. We are. All right. We are established as a. We are an established brand. Yes. Heebie-jeebies, TM. Silly boys that talk about not so silly stuff plus a girl. I mean, I use boys in general. Look, people is boys. All presents (laughs) is the same. (laughs) People's is boys. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> Doesn't true. fucking matter. <laughs> so, I'm also here. Who who are you? Let's introduce ourselves. I'm Bree. I am Christopher or Chris. With or a K. Christopher. <laughs> or Topher. And I'm Kai. Uh we explore the mysterious and the bizarre <gasps> and the downright spooky. <gasps> it's way podcasts. too scary. I'm out. There's I'm, a little bit of all of that. I'm haunted just thinking about it. Woo! <laughs> Christopher, do you need a nap? You sound like you need a nap. Another nap, you mean. <laughs> Did you just wake Did, up from a nap? No, I... No. We took a nap earlier. We took a nap earlier. Very eventful. I didn't sleep very well during that nap, though, so... So clearly... I just need a cup of joe, a hot you want, cup. You want some coffee? You <laughs> I just want, need a quick hot cup. You want a five-hour energy or something? I want two five-hour okay. energy step all night. Yeah, let's party. Painting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is going to be a first good episode. You're you're a sleepy boy. I'm a sick boy, and I'm a boy. You're a boy, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and somehow now you're a boy, and now I'm a boy. So <laughs> okay, let's fucking slam this shit. Let's slam it. Let's slam a jam dog. What are we doing? Let's go. Okay, oh. this week we'll be talking about the Cecil Hotel. Never heard of it. Ooh. Well, you're gonna hear about it, buddy. Oh, let's, buddy oh, boy. Oh, that was a perfect segue. Yeah, it's a very good segue. But first, into the thing we were talking about already. Yeah. Uh, first, I'm gonna put because we promised in episode zero that we're gonna start putting disclaimers on every episode. Mm. I didn't remember that. We did. Well, I edited. Did you that listen episode, to the episode? Because so. uh, it was in the last ten minutes. It was in the last. Oh, 10 minutes. <sighs> yes, it was actually I, in the last like two. I stopped the last ten minutes. Got boring. Oh. That's <laughs> what I call. You were one of those pee pee butts I called people that stopped listening. <laughs> pee pee butt. Yeah. All right. So this episode touches on topics of murder, child death, assault, and an excessive amount of suicide. There's a there's a lot in here. Oh dear. Uh, so if these themes make you uncomfortable, uh, bye. Bye. I'm <laughs> saying wonder- that I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Uh, yeah. Then this episode might not be for you, but you can listen to the next one. That one will also the have murder, also. suicide, <laughs> and baby death. Turns out most things are probably going to have some of these themes. Can consider that a trigger warning. And away we go. Woo. All right, Into um, the world of murder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is your hotel. It is a name familiar to a lot of people. Not you, Chris, apparently. They're, okay. So a season of American Horror Story was based off of this. Was it the one called Hotel? Yes, maybe. I'm not sure. I might be making that up though, because I never watched that. Is that the one with Lady no, Gaga? Yes. Was Lady Gaga? Oh, really? In it? That's Lady scary. Gaga. Mm-hmm. That's pretty scary. Very yeah. spooky. Abu. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Trigger warning of the jump scares, by the way. Abu. <laughs> but okay, even if it doesn't ring a bell, a lot of other people still recognize some of the events that have built its reputation because it's a hotbed for violence, murder, suicide, and the paranormal. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, journalist James T. Bartlett <laughs> noted that with many thousands of guests per year, hotels are inevitably going to be the scene of accidents, natural deaths, suicides, crime, and even pure bad luck, which I agree with. You know, it's sure. been around a long time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. However, 
This establishment is in particular has been plagued by so much tragedy that, quote, it really is possible to wonder whether this building is cursed or that there are negative forces inside, quote. <gasps> Did he lose you? Did he well, lose you, Chris? No, I was thinking. I was trying to, I was trying to you know, form a sentence in the head. So that's <laughs> what you do. You think about your words and then you spit them out. Good. You're doing um, good. Is the CISO Hotel, I'm sure you'll get to this, but is the CISO Hotel still in service? Is it still a hotel that functions? Yes, sir. Oh, we should yeah. go. No. I will not. Let's hear what happened there first, and then, <laughs> and then I know make up our at minds. the end I'll bring it back up. <laughs> I know one thing that happened back. there, and that is enough for me to not ever want to go. Well, we'll see. Well, okay. Well. Away we go. Here, this maybe this will sway you. There have been notable macabre happenings within its walls, such as very notable the body of Alyssa Lamb being found in the hotel water tank. I do remember that. Yep. You do, sure do. Yeah, that um, was exactly the one that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, she had like. We'll we'll get to into that <laughs> later on. Continue. It was also one of the last known locations of the Black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short, before her death, and served as a sanctuary for Richard Ramirez, aka the Night Stalker, during his heinous crime spree. Ah, yeah, lovely. Learn a new thing. <laughs> I call it home. Uh, these, along with a magnitude of other gruesome instances, have all become associated with the Cecil name. Now, before we get nasty into the nasty <laughs> bits. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning of what was once a grand building of its era, lived long past its prime. Is this going back in time? <laughs> Come back. It's a wonderful year of 1936. Uh, what, what year was it? Uh, 1924. No, I was off. Yeah, it was 1924. I, just, I was just a, <laughs> a shot in the dark. So. <laughs> the Cesar Hotel is a budget hotel. Lo- wait, no. Currently is a budget hotel located in downtown Los Angeles. Well, it's probably a fucking budget because who the hell wants to go there? Just fucking weirdos like <laughs> us. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, Not weirdos like me. Like me. <laughs> Which was constructed in 1924. There we go. By William Banks Hanna. Designed with an art deco style by Laura Lester Smith. <laughs> Everybody had three names? It's too many names. <laughs> it's way too spooky. Hanna was a confident hotelier who invested well in its creation. One million dollars. Holy shit. One million dollars in 1924. One million 1924 dollars. Holy One fuck. <laughs> exactly that. Amount. Wow. Uh, That's a lot of dollars. It's many dollars that were put into the enterprise. Dreamt up to be a top destination for affluent travelers and tourists. Once finished, the Cecil climbed 19 floors with a total of 700 rooms. It says like currently it has 600. So I think they kind of like. Oh. Took out some. It's like yep. a hostel style now. So do they have a thirteenth floor? I would assume so because it's nineteen floors. No, a lot of hotels well, uh, yeah. don't have a third. Like they Sometimes don't. Sometimes they'll just cut out it? the thirteenth floor. Yeah, really? Yeah, they yeah. like they so, don't uh, number it. It's basically like twelve and then the next ooh, floor. I want to find out. Maybe they did include the thirteenth, and that's why. It's oh my bad. god! Oh my god! They probably. Oh that's probably god. where all of the bad stuff. <laughs> that's where the bad luck came from. Yeah, that bad hotel juju. Obviously. Fools. <laughs> it boasted a fashionable lobby of marble, stained glass windows, and a statuary of alabaster. Ooh. No, Ooh. So th- this is in Los Angeles, correct? I wonder what LA was like in the 1920s. Let's Pro- go back. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you got to visualize. Let's, I'm, I'm, let's take a look. I'm going in the Mind Fortress to really picture this. Statuary it seems a lot knows. nicer. Yeah. It seems like it smells a lot less like piss. It probably does smell less like piss in the 20s. Well, well, here's the thing. Probably a lot dirtier too. Unfortunately, only five years after its opening in 1927, this hard-earned beauty would face a disappointing future after the United States fell into the Great Depression. So that's where we start. I've heard of it. Yes. This. Yeah. The hotel did still manage to serve upscale accommodations throughout the 1940s. So maybe like 15 years. But despite the owner's best efforts, it could not stay afloat for long. Due to the continued financial decline of the area around the hotel, this part of LA became what is now known as Skid Row. Skid Row. Fucking knew it. Lovely. Now that's a <laughs> that's a good piece of LA right there. The prime piss central. Yeah, no, I'm sure. That's where the pee. That's, that's where it originates from. from. <laughs> that's where the smell. The fountain. That of LA pee. smell. When it when it rains, it rolls downhill from Skid Row. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can actually smell it after it rains. You can. You can smell piss in the air no in joke. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's yeah, that's totally accurate. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you wild. walk down the street and you smell piss it's all the time. Super gross. Yeah. <laughs> so those that aren't familiar with Skid Row, like, because we're doing you know local stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. As of right now, for California, probably don't. Well, mm-hmm. There, there are Skid Rows in other places. Yeah. 
But I think they yes, might be called think, different names too. I think Skid Row is a, is a name of another one. I'm not sure. It It is actually the name of the place there. Like it is like marked on a map as Skid Row. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that probably like the, could totally just be making this up, but I'm assuming that like most of the time anything referred to as Skid Row there's it's a, pulling there's from a district there. in uh, San Francisco call that's like a very similar kind of a thing and mm-hmm. it has a different name and I don't remember what it is but I'll find out yeah keep reading I'm pretty sure there's one in New York as well but either way for Los Angeles Skid Row in LA harbors one of the largest homeless populations in the United States and over the years it has gathered a history of police raids homeless sweeps homeless sweeps <laughs> homeless sweeps <laughs> Sweet. That's a lot better. <laughs> That's a lot nicer. And patient dumping from hospitals. Mm. So that was like, you know, when the big. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Mm-hmm. Ronald yeah. Reagan, piece of shit. Reagan really fucked everybody over. These rocky foundations were established in the 1930s due to the nature of uh, seasonal laborers that grew transient population. Mm-hmm. Skid Row gained its name from a logging term on the skids. Which, outside of its literal use, basically referred to the most depressed streets within a city. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there are well. probably skid rows elsewhere. Yeah. In I, a lot of like big cities where, like, mm-hmm. that were hit hard yeah. by the depression and other such recessions. Yeah, that's probably where it origi- originated. Yeah. That term. So, any of these cities, uh, as long as it was where folks would gather with nothing to do and with no money in their pockets. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, the, the one in, uh, San Francisco is called the Tenderloin District. Oh yeah, that's the Tenderloin. Where, yeah, that's where a lot of the uh, the gays yeah. sought refuge during the AIDS that epidemic. That sucks. Sure do. So, thus, much like a bright young child ushered into the American public school system, the Cecil's promising beginnings quickly dilapidated with the state of its surrounding streets. Sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the live in the L.A. dream, huh? <laughs> Sure, uh, it fell from its Gatsby-level vacation spot to a budget hotel for transients and hookers. But that's not to say that it Sweet. couldn't still make a name for itself in other ways. Uh-oh, I can't wait to see what kind of other ways. I'm not, okay, not to shame sex workers because, like, for prostitutes to have a place to take, what are they called, Johns? They sure call them Johns, yep. Yep, this is a pretty, pretty snazzy place, I guess, to take them. Whatever works. <laughs> of all the places. But it certainly was not the safest so with this sort of activity in the more impoverished areas of the city now uh, also came a long-established reputation of drugs, violence, and the colorful collection of some real sons of bitches. Let's get into the dark underbelly of the Cecil Hotel. All right. <laughs> From its early beginnings, there was the first notable tale of George Ford, who had been a resident of the Cecil and arrested at another nearby hotel, the Astor. He had been caught in a sting operation that revealed he had been stashing... 10 grand worth of opium and, and morphine. Oh, so. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good haul. I was going to ask, why Why was he a resident at two hotels? Probably because he, of a drug. Because he had so many drugs. He's a drugman. A drugman. There's also another story of an elderly man, quote, in peril of death, who was picked up at the Cecil after drinking poison liquor that had already killed three other men prior. How'd he do? Did he fare all right? I don't know. I think he lived. That's pretty... I mean, you know, sucks that he got poisoned first of all. I'm gonna put that out there. <laughs> I don't want to say good good thing that guy got. <laughs> cool that he survived. Like if it killed like three other people, you said. Yeah. But he fucking fought. Huh? He's like, no, I refuse to get poisoned. <laughs> and he was an elderly man too. Yeah. So he was just really hard. He was probably too ornery. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I didn't get poisoned. He I didn't refused poisoned. death. All of his like major organs <laughs> no, had so no, much scar tissue that it's they. Not poison. <laughs> survived that was only the beginning of the chaos that encroached on the cecil um decades that followed racked up an unusual i'm gonna say unusual amount of suicides in fact during the 50s and into the 60s the hotel had become such a popular destination for guests to end their lives that many long-term residents dubbed the cecil the very original name the suicide ah. i mean oh because of all the suicides right that that's a little on the nose (laughs) Could have gotten a little more creative than that. Yeah, I guess. but well, I gotta get like I want to know some numbers. Like what? What is the yeah, suicide rate of like yeah. a regular hotel? Because I'm sure people go to hotels to kill themselves all the time. Sure, like that's the perfect place to do it. I don't know. I kind of want to. Yeah, it I, I mean, like I'm interested to know that to the viewers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. Riddle me this. <laughs> the string of tragic events began almost immediately, though, starting in April of 1929 
when a young woman named Dorothy Robertson, aged 33, had been visiting from San Francisco. She'd been so devastated by the sudden death of her husband that she roamed the halls for the hotel for three days, finally being taken away to a hospital after, thankfully, a failed attempt at a barbiturate overdose. However, this attempt would sadly be followed by the first successful death by suicide two years later, when, in 1931, the body of W.K. Norton was discovered by a maid only hours after he had consumed a number of poison capsules. Poison capsules? Listen. Hold on. It's very old Man, the, t- the, the 20s are different, huh? You go down to the local, local drugstore and you, shop. Just, you go, uh, hello, sir, I'd like three poison capsules. Well, right away, sir. For what? A rat? Why do you need a capsule for a rat? <laughs> also, planning on ending my own life. <laughs> that's an interesting. Oh, that's interesting wording because, like, just generic poison. Yeah, it's like, like full what? of black powder. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> uh, that's just poison. We know names of poisons. Which which one? Probably like cyanide, cyanide, or, yeah, probably arsenic, something. yeah, some shit like that. Well, just you just go down to the local <laughs> store and get some cyanide. Yeah, just casual cyanide. Yeah, I think you totally could. In those days, like I'm it was, sure you could get a lot of weird shit. Goddamn Wild West. <laughs> a little, a little later than that, but yeah. <laughs> they also used to give like turpentine for medicine, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it cleans you out. Oh yeah, heroin was medicine. Yeah, heroin still is medicine. Oh. <laughs> I mean, for your demons. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <what>? Oh. <laughs> the following year, in 1932, a young man named Benjamin Dodich, aged 25, was found by a maid having shot himself in his room. These poor maids. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Like, have some consideration, you fuckers. Well, I mean, oh, who else damn. is going to find them? Obviously, that's when you get found. I mean, yeah. When you should have been checked out and somebody comes to clean your room. The maids yeah, I'm are- saying that's rude to do to the maids. You yeah, know? absolutely. Jerks. I mean, their problems are over, I guess, but fucking shit. You're right, but like- <laughs> If I was one of the maids and I was like, God, again? <laughs> Fuck this. Seriously? I'm out of here. <laughs> what if it was the same maid? Oh, man. Oh, come on. She's got the worst luck. <laughs> uh, and then a year later, it's it wasn't a suicide, but it was still a pretty shitty way to go. Uh, a man eventually died, eventually, from being pinned to the hotel's wall by a large truck. Jeez! Oh, jeez! Oh, well, that one's just an accident. Come on, yeah. Can't blame the hotel. What, what are the it's, parameters? <laughs> you know, I saw re- <laughs> recently. I was like, it was something about like, man, America has really bad luck. It's almost as if the entire country is built on Native American burial grounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> so the next year in 1934, another older man, Louis D. Borden age 53, had been found in his room with his throat slashed. The death of this former army sergeant had been ruled as suicide, having found a bloodied razor near the body and farewell notes stating that he had been in ill health and naming a woman to be his benefactor. There's a lot. I don't know if you want and me to know. And when they, they told the woman, she was like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is terrible and unexpected. I'm sorry. It's suicide by throat slashing? That's fucking gnarly. Yeah, like, that's a that's- thing. Yeah, you, you cut your uh, jugular? That sounds so fucking like, it sounds really gnarly. It's only a really fucking terrible way to die. It's like, it's hard for people to give themselves shots oh, yeah. that they need. Yeah. <laughs> and you you can just slice your own throat? Apparently. Christ. No fear, man. I cut myself shaving today. <laughs> That's like 1%. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, imagine man. doing that on purpose. No way. Owie, buddy. It really smarts. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to just go through all of these? Because I'll keep going. I don't know what else we're going to do. Sure. <laughs> That's yes. why you brought put, us here. Put our it? thumbs up or butts. Uh, <laughs> okay. Another guest attempted to shoot himself, but it was in like Westlake Park. He'd just been like renting a room at the Cecil. Mm-hmm. So now we're. Oh, we're okay. Yeah. So now how oh, many okay. of these numbers are inflated by like, right. well, this guy stayed at the Cecil Hotel one time when he was nine and, and then, then he, he died, died in a plane crash. Curse. 17 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. And then he died of kidney failure at the age of 76. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> My God. It's 100% of people who stay at the Cecil Hotel will, will die. die. That, that is, is a fucking terrifying. We better fact. not go there. Okay, we I don't. Can't, well, no, you're can't right. say I don't dissuade. That statistic is out of control. <laughs> okay, and this one is like another outside, but I just think it's kind of interesting. Um, an elderly woman who had been a Cecil tenant was found drowned in the ocean. 
A strange note had been found on the woman's pocket. In- inside the woman's pocket. <laughs> Just taped to her pocket. <laughs> That's a bad way to put it. Aw, oh, dang. How did it stay through all those waves? <laughs> That's impressive. What did it say? Hold on. What did the it note say, say? Here, you read it. You read Ooh. it in old-timey fashion. Well, I, I don't know. I don't, what if it's this one right here? Oh, my God. You are covered. Open that cash register and shell out. No, oh, no, I see why you want to be here. Okay. You're covered. Open that cash register and shell out. No tricks or else. <laughs> that was it. No tricks or else. Yeah. No tricks yeah, or see? else. No, no funny business. <laughs> shell out, see? Which makes me like just wonder what that is because it looks like, okay. It's it looks like, like a rob- robbery. Yeah. Like yeah. A, maybe she's a bank teller or something. Did they find out anything about who she was? Um, I did not see any information that from looking her up. She did not have a name. Oh, oh I man, bet she, she did. Was born I, without I bet a she name. Did. Born without a name. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she had a name. <laughs> I I just wonder why she was like in the ocean. I don't know. That's pretty weird. Like you're gonna shoot a lady and then drag her out of the bank and throw her into the ocean? Yeah, I don't know. That maybe they kidnapped her or something. Oh, maybe. And then they were like, "We gotta get rid of this. We gotta get rid of this witness." See? Yeah, maybe they used, the ocean. Concrete used boots. her as like a. Was uh, she wearing concrete boots? Got <laughs> <laughs> Bri, as you're I'm really sorry. <laughs> Maybe they used her as like a hostage situation. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it could be. And then just like it strung along too long, and they were just like, "Yeah, hey, get rid of her." Or she was really annoying, and they're like, "Okay, no more." That's yeah. Enough. Oh, put this pocket. Po- put this in your pocket. Yeah, I'm. Sh- I'm sure there. Her name is posted somewhere. So if so- anybody has that information, feel free to let us know. Okay. In March of 1937, a woman named Grace E. Magro, 25 died in the hospital from injuries that had been caused from a steep descent from the building. Her body found tangled in the telephone wires that had been ripped from their poles in her fall. Sounds like she should jump. Well, it was never verified whether she had jumped or had been pushed. The plot thickens. (sighs) By a ghost? Probably. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, did she she die? She did die? She did die. Okay. Yes. She died in the hospital from injuries. Right, right, yeah, after the... Um, Her companion, M.W. Madison, another three-namer with initials, I think it was pretty. Uh, what year was that? Nineteen thirty-seven. Yeah, those are, those types of things were real common back then. Like saying like first couple initials and last mm-hmm. name. This M. W. Madison was a twenty-six-year-old sailor, and he had still been in the room during the incident. Uh, and he reported that he had been asleep at the time and knew of no reason for her to commit suicide. So we don't know if he pushed her or if she jumped. Yeah, I mean that's pretty suspicious, I guess. Having a man suck. in your room, yeah, well, unmarried, a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys say bad words. So 10 months later, in January of the following year, the sight of a lifeless Roy Thompson. There we go. Just a That's two-namer. A, that, you mean, you mean R.S. Thompson or something? <laughs> R.S. Thompson. <laughs> oh, you mean R.S. Thompson. <laughs> so the sight of a lifeless Roy Thompson would startle the neighboring building, finding his body in their skylight. Oh, Jesus. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's That's nice. was it? Was it verified whether or not he actually jumped out of the Cecil or if it was like you know, something somewhere else. Or was that like the only place he could have jumped out of maybe? Yeah, that's what they assumed because uh, from where his room was. Uh, did, did it say what year that one was? That was, hold on, that was Are 10 things- months later. Oh, okay, so it was somewhere in the 30s. After, 10 months after 1937. So it was in January of 1938. Interesting. I mean, so also another interesting thing that I was thinking of is like, based on where the CISO Hotel is, how many other tall buildings are there in the area that people could jump out of? <laughs> I know. I'm like, assuming... Like, if you're in Skid Row and you're like, well, I could go to the fucking Cecil and jump off because that's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, I, think, I think it is probably one of the tallest in its area. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, especially at the time, it could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, why like, go across town really yeah, if I'm it's gonna, right here? Fuck, it's right there. <laughs> and it's a hotel, <laughs> so it's like an understandable get in there. building to yeah. cu- be coming in and out of, so... I mean that's that that's for like you know people who jumped. It's a little bit more, yeah, maybe a little bit of a reason why. Yeah, I can agree with that. Now the next year in May of 1939, a 39-year-old sailor, Erwin C. Neblet, committed suicide in his room by ingesting poison. Another more poison caplets. More poison. <laughs> hmm. Maybe LA's got to stop selling poison at the local <laughs> liquor liquor store. <laughs> Fuck. Maybe it's the Cecil poisoning them. <gasps> Maybe the Cecil provides poison capsules at the front, complimentary. Just like in a little bubble machine. Instead of <laughs> instead of pillow mints, you get poison capsules. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, funny. We just assumed sitting, that's what you were coming here to do. Sitting on the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, delicious! 
So the following year, another it's just consecutive years. Everybody's dying. At least one person per year. So in 1940, a 45-year-old teacher, Dorothy Skyger, attempted suicide. Hmm? <gasps> attempted suicide in the same way at the hotel and was found barely alive, though the papers never reported if she actually made it. So they just cared about like hyping oh, up what happened. Okay. And then, oh. yeah. did they ask her, hey, did uh, demons tell you to do that? Or <laughs> did the Caesar Hotel itself say that? Or anything like that? Or did you just come here because it was convenient? Papers yeah. never reported that. I mean, it's also a, a budget hotel. So you think people are trying yeah. to spend a whole lot of money on where they're going to no. kill themselves? Right, sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sort of answers its own questions a lot of the time. Or it's cursed. <laughs> it's probably cursed instead. Yeah, most Any likely. Of those more likely. <laughs> The next year, in 1941, there had been changes in management that made extensive improvements. Okay, so for three years, the hotel was free of tragedy. Wow. Those were those were the golden years, the <laughs> Cecil Hotel. Years. They were like, holy shit. We're really cleaning this we place up. We are doing good. Until the next stain left on the Cecil's history uh, was quite a doozy. Oh, shit. So those three three years are really ramping really up to up the next Really up the ante, year. huh? Yep. So, allegedly... Uh, those three years later, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Prussell and her 38-year-old boyfriend, Ben Levine, had been sleeping when she awoke with severe stomach pains. When she went to the bathroom, to her shock and horror, the night of bloody agony that followed had not been a beastly dropping of one gnarly deuce, but of an infant. Oh, now yuck. We- that is a tragedy. <laughs> that a fucking baby. Ew. According to Dorothy, she had been entirely unaware of her own pregnancy and believing the child to be dead at birth, she fucking chucked her newborn son out the window to dispose of the body. That's, yeah, that's reasonable. Um, yeah. <laughs> God damn. That's... Believing to be dead. Oh, this thing's probably dead. Yeah. Right out just, the window. Mm, well. What? Uh... <laughs> I don't. Listen, this lady didn't know she was fucking pregnant. Hold on, yeah. there was a whole show about that called I Didn't, I didn't know, know I Was, I was pregnant. pregnant. Well, those people are fucking idiots. Hey, hold <laughs> I never even watched that show, so I can't talk to that. <laughs> <laughs> Your first fucking go-to is like, this is dead, throw it out the window. That's so... Listen, you're accidentally having babies in a fucking rat-ass motel. I mean, Right, but not, like, yeah. when has it ever been acceptable not the to best throw something maker. dead out the window just because it was dead? Are you listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you're clearly not the best at making decisions, so... If you had a... a out the window it goes. <laughs> Jesus In a rat Christ. motel. I thought you were going to say she flushed it. Oh, that seems well, a lot more reasonable. That seems more reasonable. Like I don't that. know that a baby would fit down the toilet. If it was like premature, maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah, if it was premature, maybe. I don't know. But um, either way. Did the baby hit someone? <laughs> or just fucking splattered? On- god damn it. Oh, my God. This is a really yeah. horrible one. You're, yeah. They were right. Mm-hmm. The child was found atop the building next door. Uh, that's, a f- that's a fun one. That's a nice party favor for you to some, wake up to. Got some distance. The young mother was charged with homicide, but was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Okay, see that yep. now. Now it's starting to add up. That's, yeah. Yep. So to cleanse our palate of that, in November of 1947, 35 year old Robert Smith, not our precious cure boy. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he was alive in 47, but continue. <laughs> or maybe he's just a ghost. Yeah, I mean, maybe that, he's like timeless. Maybe he's right. always been alive. Ancient mm-hmm. man, or always dead because. This Robert Smith plummeted to his death from a window on the seventh floor. Thank you for cleansing our palate of the baby uh-huh. killing with just a regular old jump suicide. <laughs> now I feel much better. Still very sad. That was in 1947. Earlier that same year, the Cecil had been noted as one of the last known places that Elizabeth Short was seen alive before her mutilated body was found, sparking the infamous Black Dahlia murder case. So... I know, Chris, you know about that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with the Black Dog. My movie. favorite but band's named after that. I am not familiar okay. with it. Well, so then, do regale me with the tale. I shall regale just want, like, the a tale. Quick, like Do just a quick synopsis in case we want to do uh, yeah. you know, an episode about it later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, it was a notorious and sinister unsolved homicide of a Hollywood underdog struggling to become a starlet. Her body was found brutally mutilated and completely severed at the waist, like in half. Yes. Oh, the yeah. pig! Uh, yeah. Did they it's find gnarly. both halves? Yes. Uh, yeah, they were oh, next to each other. They were near each other. Yeah. It was drained of all its blood, with both sides of her mouth slashed. 
It was sensationalized by the media, which also led to a lot of like hyped misinformation and urban legends. So folks that talk about the Cecil like to cite this whole tidbit, but uh, there's been no actual solid evidence to prove it's true. Like I was, I was looking so hard for it to like, yeah. give me an article or something that this is based on. Oh, that she was there at the night. Okay. Yeah. So some people have said that Short was a frequent visitor of the Cecil and other state. This is more like what I've heard uh, that she was simply seen there having a drink at the bar a few days before her death. But as it was publicly published, she was officially last seen by a doorman at the Millennial Biltmore Hotel, which happens to be where the stairs scene was from Vertigo. I've Al- never seen Vertigo. Well, it's, it's a good Alfred Hitchcock movie. Oh. oh. Wait, so she was, yeah, I think that seems unlikely. It seems like, I feel like at some point the Cesar Hotel was like, all right, we got to make, <laughs> we got to fucking use this <laughs> oh, fucking suicide shit to our advantage. Now, like make it like some kind yeah, of yeah like oh come stay at the fucking murder suicide hotel it's super <laughs> creepy also uh, black dahlia stayed here or whatever i don't know i mean i don't know how the rumor got started but like okay so the biltmore where she was last seen was only it's only five blocks from the cecil but like there have been a lot of bogus sightings like from a lot of places during sure. her last week because she was missing for six days before they found her body so i i think it's just a rumor like probably yeah yeah Sorry Probably like they pro- like maybe she was there, maybe she did go there, like and was seen there having a drink or whatever. But like, probably not much more than that. I don't even know if that's the case. But yeah, yeah. If I was trying to drum up business for my crappy, crappy hotel, I would definitely like embrace <laughs> the fact that it sucks. Oh yeah, that's okay. I don't know about during the fifties. Definitely, probably now. But yeah, actually, now. not now. They've oh, actually really? like they they're trying to scrub that clean. Uh, and they, trying to get away from it. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. <laughs> no, no they're definitely not. not. <laughs> but not at some nerds point, like they us were. making podcasts about it. <laughs> at some point, that's fine. Nobody's gonna listen to this. But um, <laughs> at some point, they were like using it. Maybe, probably. I, I, I was wondering if that was some of the information you got, but mm. that's fine. Um, as far as I know, I mean. There are like tourists, you know, those tourist buses around that will do that for like haunted tours and stuff. But they themselves don't like that. That's fair. They Um, chase them off with like brooms. Get out of here. here. (laughs) Go on, get. They see somebody with a camera snapping pictures. Get out of here. here. (laughs) Another damn ghost hunter. (laughs) Did you hear that? He said, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I fucking saw him. All right. So moving on. In October of 1954, uh, this was one of their most famous, well, infamous suicides, um, occurred when a 55-year-old Helen C. Gurney first checked into the Cecil under the false name Margaret Brown from Denver, only to jump from her window in room 704 one week later. Witnesses reported seeing her body falling and land on top of the hotel's marquee. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah. Uh. And, like, it was a big thing, like swarms of people were gathered around like watching the firefighters scale down the wind the windows to retrieve her body and like ugh. oh god it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah that's like that's like that should been that would have been like their promotional picture for their fucking <laughs> hotel I'll put that on the brochure yeah. <laughs> jesus jeez so another infamous tragedy occurred in october 12th it's, it's in october these two of but of 1962 which would claim the lives of two people so 27-year-old Pauline Auden had been arguing with her husband Dewey that day. Dewey. Fucking Dewey. Dewey. Dewey went out on his own that evening for dinner, leaving his estranged wife alone in their ninth-story room where she leapt from the window while he was away. This act would sadly kill not only her, but also a pedestrian. <laughs> yeah. George Gianni, who had been struck by her falling body. That poor bastard. Yeah, he was 65. That poor guy. Like, uh, fuck. Sucks. Don't do that shit, you ass. <laughs> God damn you. I had a fight with my husband, and now I'm going to accidentally kill a poor old man who's yeah. walking on the street. Yeah, it's very inconsiderate, honestly. <laughs> really rude. Could have at least, Margaret like, Geronimo. Bur- no, that was a Margaret. I don't remember what her name was. <laughs> there are so many. There's been a lot of names. Margaret Brown was the alias that other gave, lady gave. Right, yeah. This one's Pauline Auten. Ah, Pauline. God damn it, Dewey. So the police had initially believed the scene to be like a suicide pact between the two of them. Oh, like they both jumped together? Yeah, that's what they initially thought. But then they realized the situation because uh, they found that his hands were, had like actually still been in his pocket at the moment of death. And his shoes were still on his feet, which apparently are almost always knocked off the body during jumps 
of that height. Interesting. Yeah. God, that, uh, you know, that sounds really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I'm curious. Is it from impact or is it from the fall? You know, it's it's probably from impact. So that's why I said it's funny. Just like they hit the ground, shoes fly off. (laughs) That is a little funny. That's a little funny. Uh, In like, obviously, I'm not gonna. I don't have to fucking no. You don't have to justify. I'm not gonna justify what I just said. You got the visual and you said it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Look, because if they weren't hurt or dead by the end of it, that would just be very yeah. Like, have you ever seen like videos of like skaters falling and their shoes fly off? Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. That's very funny. (laughs) Shoes falling off is a very funny thing. That's just what it is. (laughs) Moving on. All right, moving on. (laughs) Uh, Another uh, notable killing came two years later with the unsolved murder of. Oh, longtime Cecil resident Goldie Osgood. Oh, her name had to be Goldie, huh? Good old Goldie. The ret- oh my god, this breaks my heart. The retired phone operator was well known in the area as the Pigeon Lady. Oh. oh, always recognizable around nearby Pershing Square with her Dodgers baseball cap <laughs> and a bag of birdseed to befriend the local birds. Sadly, on June 4th, 1964, she was found dead in her ransacked room by a hotel employee distributing telephone books. I don't know why that's a necessary detail. I just felt like putting it. I mean, that's why he's there, I guess. (laughs) She She discovered she had been sexually assaulted, stabbed, and strangled. Shortly after the scene was discovered, a 29-year-old man named Jacques B. Erlinger had been arrested after witnesses spotted him wandering around Pershing Square, where she usually fed birds, in a bloodstained, like, all of his clothing was bloodstained. The fuck? Yeah, a lot. And how old was she? But she was retired, yeah, so she, she was Oh, old yeah. Lady. I, don't, I can't believe I didn't write it down, but she was elderly. Yeah. She was like 60 or 70s. So after finding him in his bloodstained clothing, they arrested him, but they were never a- able to charge him with the murder of Goldie due to a lack of evidence. Way to go. The blood the blood on his clothes? The blood on his clothes just wandering around. It's mine. And apparently he was had been like a notable dude that wandered around parks of that area. And a lot of these similar like women, like the bird ladies or like, you know, just the neighborhood cat ladies, uh, a couple of them had already gone missing. So Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Hmm. Jeez. Oh, well, Yep. That one was a sad one. That was a sad one. Yeah, a palate cleanser with a, just a regular old suicide for us, please. No, I Gosh. got... I got <laughs> don't something think it's that, worse from here. Yeah, I got something better for you. Well, not better. Worse, actually. That case has since gone cold, but it actually, the nature of it, eerily mirrored the crimes of another resident who would arrive at the hotel 20 years later. Is that Richard Ramirez? Yep, but boom, yeah. you got it. I was thinking that when you were saying Bing that, but I didn't hear what year it was. I was yeah. Like, What's so just for an intro... For you, Bree. Lovely. That is, Can't wait. Yep. He doesn't really have an MO, but that sounds like something he would do. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Sexually assault. Yeah. Strangle and, strangle and, and stab. stab. And rob. And ransack the room. Yes. So this man is called the Night Stalker. For about a year and a half, the Night Stalker became a real life boogeyman in California, making headlines and terrifying LA County locals with stories of his heinous fucking batshit bonkers is what I'm yeah. going to say crime spree that listen inc- we're gonna go with the with the uh really bold and unpopular opinion that richard ramirez was a fucking crazy person yeah he was a dang old piece of shit so what? brave so what? brave uh, <laughs> say, to say those words what years was he active like what like the 70s it was 1984 oh. uh, it started in 1984 i think it ended in 1986 okay around there that's not that long ago no something years ago so his crimes included, but not limited to, of course, home invasion, robbery, assault, rape, and serial murder. The nature of his vicious acts projected him beyond just a criminal, being seen as more of a monster with every new report of his sadistic attacks. Like he he was terrifying L.A. Yeah. Like they people that's <laughs> you are fucking terrifying. Yeah, he had no M.O. with his targets, choosing them at random to creep into homes and harm men, women, seniors, and children alike no matter of their demographics, in whatever manner that struck him. His only agenda was to indiscriminately act as a, quote, disciple of Satan. Yep. <laughs> Listen, don't drag Satan's name through the dirt, you fucker. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, don't associate 
yourself, your heinous Satan, self was Satan. Satan. Satan's out of hell just shaking his head. No, God what are damn you it. doing? Stop. How many, how many people shit. did he kill? Do you I'm have sure, that? I'm sure getting to that. Off the head. I'm sorry. Accurate number. <laughs> yeah, sure it's, it is, he was convicted of murdering 13, 25 yeah. victims in, in total, but that's hard to say because other victims have come up since then. Right. For, he do, he doesn't 14 remember. victims, yeah. Yeah. But we'll probably also talk about Richard Ramirez in another like, episode. Oh, yeah, I'm depth. sure. A whole series, probably. Yeah, I could do an entire <laughs> episode on that one. And he did all of that while staying at the good old Cecil. So he he attacked people in their homes, though, right? Like he didn't. Yeah. He wasn't he like, like a Dahmer thing, like bringing people back to where no, he was. Like he, he was like a a home invader at night. Like yeah. broke into people's homes at the night. night like you know the epitome of terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly everything what that I've so ever been afraid of. Afraid of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Richard why Ramirez was that guy. I'm hesitant to talk about him in detail. Richard Ramirez is probably like, without my knowing it, the reason that I'm afraid of all of that. Oh, like, yeah, maybe. Like, I am imagining that, like, the tales of Richard Ramirez are what created those kinds of fears in a lot of people. Because, like, mm-hmm. like my mom grew up in super nice Minnesota. Nothing bad ever happened. People mm-hmm. didn't have fucking fences. People didn't lock their doors, whatever. And somehow or other, it was still instilled in me that you lock the fucking door at night. Oh, yeah. And you shut the windows. My parents lived in L.A. at this time. Oh, my <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And he was he was all over L.A. Because, like, I think he took the bus to most places. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. can just sure. hop, hop on the freeway and be on the other, the other side of L.A. Yeah. So, in 1984, after committing his first murder w- that we know of, anyway, in San Francisco, Ramirez moved down to Los Angeles, where the majority of his rampage would take place, based out of the Cecil. It was a prime location for such a brazen offender as, according to a local L.A. tour guide, Richard Shave, who stated, the LAPD won't go into these places. It was like, if we're called, we'll go in, but we're not patrolling, sort of attitude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Yep. To protect and surf. The <laughs> good old LAPD, huh? Yeah, because I, I guess they figured, you know what, there's so much crime going on down there anyway, we're just going to ignore it. <laughs> hey, well, you can't stop any of the crime, don't try. Since the late 70s and into the 80s, once once Cracked was introduced to the area, that part of the city continued to decline. Cleaned up. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh damn <laughs> it. My bad. It's just a real, real <laughs> For sure, good Crack guess, would clean it up. It gave them so much energy. They just yeah, started sweeping start and reconstruction. sweeping and mopping the floors. And... <laughs> so because of all that, it became exactly the type of dangerous area you would not want to wander after dark. So that avoidant attitude from the police and precarious reputation around Skid Row created an ideal place for Ramirez to operate out of. And it <laughs> I was... wonder if at some point they were like, when they were trying to figure out who's doing these murders, they were like, well, maybe we should like go into those places we never go. Maybe we should check the CISA hotel. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we've checked it a lot of places, but have we checked the places that we've never checked before? <laughs> have we checked the places we don't check? But I don't want to check that. <laughs> You're right. There's too much crime there. <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> You're right, we'd never be able to solve it. We'll never find a murderer in a place where there's too much crime. <laughs> well, but we ought not go in there because if we can't solve it all, why bother with any of yeah. it? No, it's fine. We don't need to enforce the law in Skid Row because you'd have to be an idiot to wander around there at dark because it's so fucking dangerous. Sure. Yeah, we're not going out there. It's spooky. Way too scary. <laughs> Apparently at this time, the Cecil was at the height of its debauchery. So I don't want to go in there. That's yucky. As Shave would put it, it is... <laughs> Quote, total unmitigated chaos. Drug dealers were openly conducting business there. Overdosed residents, apparently, were often found slumped in its halls. Oh, God. Yeah. And half-closed sex workers uh, didn't earn a second glance. Like, that was just normal. So, Ramirez apparently blended in just fine upon returning after his crimes, in which he would... This It's just so cartoonish. He would routinely dispose of his bloody clothes in the back dumpster then walk through the halls and back to his room wearing only his underwear or or nothing. And everybody's like, everybody's like, whatever. Fucking, Can we discuss? I don't care because I'm fucking high on crack. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck works at the CISO hotel? Yeah, I don't. Who? People fuck who have nothing left. Like, yeah, probably. Don't, can't do anything else. I guess so, right? Because, I mean, I guess they also have to, like, hire whoever applies, right? Yeah. Because probably a lot of people are like, no, no thanks. I've seen too much what I'm sure is murder here. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and not. And, I mean, even if it's, like, just the owner or whoever is just, like, trying to scrape by on that thing, they're probably a dirtbag anyway during that time if they're allowed. Oh, that sure, shit. yeah. 
they oh, probably God. can't and like they they're know, just bakers can't be choosers. Yeah, they got business, so they can't they can't turn it down. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. and it sucks because even if he raised alarm with people, it's like nobody's gonna fucking call the cops in yeah. that place. No, because then they'll get in trouble for being fucking high on crack. Yeah, <laughs> or if the cops even want to go, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, that no, I'm not gonna no, never mind. Man, oh man, what a shit show. Yeah. So um, here's 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 some good news. Oh, it's good. Uh, no, it actually is good. Okay, it is good. It's actually pretty fucking awesome, actually. Richard Ramirez would later be caught during a hot California day in August of 1985. So he was caught in 85. When locals recognized him as the Night Stalker, it's... Okay, it's so fucking cool how they found him. Okay, like this little kid had seen, like... He had seen, like, something suspicious that Richard was doing in a stolen car. And so the kid remembered the license plate of the car. And so he told somebody, I think, like his parents, and then they told the police or whatever. And then they found that car later that was disposed of, but it had his fingerprint on it. So they were able to run that fingerprint, and they found one of his old police records from like a burglary. So and they find they found like an image of him. Yep, they got his mugshot, and then they posted it. And then this shit happened in a true act of community heroism and teamwork. The witnesses eventually formed a mob that chased him down and publicly beat him into submission in the streets. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Mob justice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Holy shit. That's yeah. amazing. Really fucking dope. That's cool. So by the end of his approximately 16-month slaying spree, Ramirez would be convicted of torturing and sexually assaulting 25 victims and murdering 13. As harrowing as it may be for residents to know that they may have been sleeping in the same building as the Night Stalker, he would not be the last serial killer to find safe harbor at the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what we'll end that episode. Oh God! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> There's, There's more. more There's killers. more. But he's the worst one, right? Um, right, right. Debatably, yeah, sure. Oh, Probably. No. I mean, all serial killers are pretty bad. <laughs> I'm gonna say <laughs> on that. The very, on the sliding scale of of uh, serial killers, is he more of? Uh... <laughs> so I'm trying to think of like a who's an okay serial killer. <laughs> 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 Hang on. <laughs> But yeah, so in the next the next part of this episode, we'll be talking about the more modern era things that happened okay. um, in the 90s and into the 2000s and where the Cecil is at today. Lovely. Okay. We'll talk about Miss Lamb, I'm assuming. Yes. Now, here, now um, remember how I said that we should go stay there? Yeah. I changed my mind about that. <laughs> Did you? But only because it's in a really shitty, nasty part. Yeah. <laughs> More than anything else, just because it's like, just because like, shit first hole. of all, have to go to L.A. at all. Second of all, in like the worst neighborhood in L.A. Third of all, we're not gonna find parking. Yeah, in L.A. <laughs> this time, no. Yikes! All solid points. All right. Well, I feel bad about it. Yeah, I feel kind of gross. I yeah. hate this place. We'll still talk more about it. So you're stuck with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you have any topic suggestions for us or stories you want to share or any like updates or corrections to what we have here, if you can find us golden age. You can shut up your ass. (laughs) I would like to Don't ever correct me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm often wrong, so. Yeah. We're open to constructive. You can't even say it. Get it out. If you guys if you guys know what I'm trying to say, send it in. Go ahead, <laughs> tweet it. Tweet at me. It's um HBJB podcast on Twitter at the Twitter dot and Instagram heebiejeebies podcast. That's uh H E E B I E G A E E B I E S P O D C A S T or send us an email to uh pod at gmail dot com. Remember to hit that like button, <laughs> fucking suplex, uh, or maybe like fucking reblock. How do podcast.com work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can leave comments. Uh, oh, yeah. I think Go you look, can look, like leave, leave reviews. Like there, I think I there's think a we're star a solid system. Four. We're a four star. We don't um, get look, the full five. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying that there what are up to mean? five stars. <laughs> it's um, a five star system. Yes. Yes. We're definitely like a three. Probably yeah. Yeah. Solid. That's three. pretty out here. Okay. Boom. I feel confident with a three. Maybe. Hey, if you want to give us four, I'm not going to say you. no. Oh, boy. Damn. 
getting fancy, dear. Uh, but yeah, you can leave us reviews or ratings or any of that, or just talk to us also on. Also, hit that like button. Sure, wherever that exists. Like on podcast.com. <laughs> are we on iTunes? Yes, we are. Oh, iTunes has no. It doesn't. I don't know. No, they have but their. They have a five a star, 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 system. star system. Hit that motherfucking star. <laughs> <laughs> the Punch third it. the third from the Punch. left <laughs> or fourth or fifth but uh, never before that not like the second don't you or first. dare put a one star don't you dare do it, it we make an empty threats you can do whatever you want yeah. oh there it is there's the burp and scene i had to, right. get one. You had to get I one i said scene stop fan scene <laughs> <laughs> Now recording for a testy boy. Test, test, test. Chiggity, check, check my tests. Check my yeah. tests. Check those testies. That is important to do every now and again. Yeah, make sure there's no gravel in them. Yeah. Yes. And the boobus. And a boobus. So Roy Thompson would startle the neighbor. Um, Roy Thompson would startle the uh, mother. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Mother, son of a bitch. Mother, son. <laughs> nice. Are we keeping those burps in? No, you can. All right, great. Oh, this isn't a burp-friendly podcast? <laughs> I burped in the first one. I did listen to that Episode part. zero started with me burping. Did you hear screaming? Yeah, a little bit. I heard laughing. Oh, was it laughing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, it's good. I, it's I happy sounds. I barely hear it through my headphones. It, it sounded, it like, sounded like, like screaming. Yelling. Oh, um, man. Oh, wow. Got me the chiller. Oh, chili like the death of his former army... The death of his former army, army sergeant had been ruled as... Son of a bitch. The death of this former army sergeant had been ruled as suicide, having been found with a bloodied razor near the body and a farewell note stating that he had been in an... I'm gonna fucking... Die. <laughs> Just leave all that in. Yep. I'm gonna die. <laughs> Y'all fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>